So at 31 years old, I had pretty much spent my life at sea level. And I had also managed to lose about 100 pounds. And I was working my second season up here in Denali. And during those two seasons, I also managed to fall in love with my big mistake, who happened to be a bearded backpacking bus driver named Kevin. And, um, and so at the end of the season, he suggested we go to Nepal and trek through the Annapurna circuit. I thought, absolutely. I immediately said, yes, this was going to be the epically romantic adventure that was going to take this seasonal relationship and turn it into a year-round love. So end of season came, we hopped on a plane and spent a long weekend to Kathmandu, checking gear, getting permits, all that fun stuff. We found a van that was very ornately ordained with tassels that slightly um, got in the way of the driver's view, but not to <laughs> worry. They turned on that Bollywood smash hit, blared it on the speakers, and weaved in and out of the Himalayan mountains on roads that would actually put polychrome to shame. <laughs> and they dropped us off. Er, he dropped us off at about 3,000 feet, and we spent our first night in a tea house. And that's when it became really real to me what we were doing. I had my backpack, I had my Solomons tied up, and I had my best guy in the squat pot next to where we were sleeping. Which, if you don't know what a squat pot is, it's super simple, it's just a hole in the ground. <laughs> and um, the next day we woke up and started heading up the mountain. Pretty quickly we got to see um, we started passing some local school kids who, when they would pass us, they would see obviously we were from out of town and ask us for things like pens and pencils and pianos, most likely just practicing their, their English keyword of the day. And in that same day, um, we stopped for our first meal. And this tea house was run by a grandma and her teenage grandson. And when he found out we were American, he came over and sat down and wanted to show me his um, American hip-hop playlist, which put my iPod to shame, I must admit, and talk about LeBron James and Kobe Bryant, both of which I don't know much about. <laughs> um, and the grandma came over, and she kind of eyed me up and down a little bit. She said something to the grandson that I didn't understand, and he said something back to her, and then he turned to me and said, my grandmother would like to know how much you weigh. <laughs> so slightly embarrassed and more mortified, I realized that I needed to change that number from pounds into kilos because they use the metric system and also that would be a significantly lower number. <laughs> so I did some quick math, which normally doesn't happen. I told the teenager and he translated it for his grandma and I saw her face go from um, inquisitive, I would say to bewildered and maybe slightly concerned. And that was the first time of several on that trip where I started to really feel I was maybe overweight and underprepared. But we got up the next day and headed up the mountain even further. And one of the great things about the Annapurna, and as you know, is on the trail, you never meet a stranger. So we uh, managed to uh, make a really good friend out of this Englishman who was about 60 years old. He was traveling on his own. We called him Tom for a solid week and a, and a half. Tom was not his name. I still don't know what his name was. <laughs> we were at high altitude, and I didn't have the energy to remember it. So Tom thought that our American euphemisms were funny enough that he'd tag along, and he did. And as we headed up mile after mile, he talked about his adventures, like climbing Kilimanjaro and Everest Base Camp. And I could see Kevin was getting maybe more interested in Tom and his life <laughs> than he was in mine, but I tagged along anyway. And um, so we kept going, and we stayed in village after village. And as you enter the villages, there are um, the tea house owners will come out and 
kind of shout amenities at you to get you to stay in their tea house. So things like flush toilet, um, hot food, cold beer, 24-hour hot shower. And that morning, Kevin and I had woke up and our stomachs were starting to take a turn. Wasn't real sure what was happening and there were no doctors, no clinics. So we assumed, obviously, this could be the first signs of AMS, right? That's the most logical thing. Um, maybe we had canteens full of Giardia water or we had just eaten way too much curry. Regardless, we popped some Imodium and kept going. So as we got to the village that night, Kevin, Tom, and I picked the tea house that said 24-hour hot shower. That's what we needed. And then being the gentleman that they are, they let me have the first go at the shower. And it was indeed hot, and I scrubbed off the last seven days of the trek. And I also found out that the drain was not going to drain. So at the end of my shower, there was about an inch of my skizzy, scummy, gritty water on the floor. At the end of Kevin's, there was more. And then Tom's and the other handful of backpackers that were staying at this tea house. So by dinner time, we had a solid knee-deep pool of everyone's backwash and shower water in the shower. But we sat down for dinner. I figured the Imodium had done its job. So um, had a good meal. And also in Nepal, about 8, 8.30, the hydroelectric power goes out. And that's your cue that it's time to go to bed. And that's fine. So we went up the steps. And Tom was on, was on the, um, was our neighbor in the tea house, which our rooms were separated by a very thin paper-like wall. And I got into bed and cozied down into my sleeping bag. So just as I started to doze off, and was thinking about the next day's trip, my stomach decided to wake up. And I immediately knew I had to go. So I jump up, I run to the door, and I grab the doorknob. And as soon as I grab that doorknob, I know it's too late. I still run down the hall, I'm sprinting. I rip off my pants, I get, I wade through that shower water, I rinse myself off and I look down to see the damage that's been done. And I'm both disgusted, disgusting, and I know I really need these pants for like two more weeks. <laughs> so I go back to the room, fling open the door, grab the soap, head back down. Um, to the community sink. At this point, I'm still naked from the waist down. And I start scrubbing my pants in the cold, frigid Himalayan water that's coming out of the sink. And I'm thinking, there goes all semblance of romance out of my relationship. Why did I choose Nepal for my first international trip anywhere? And how the hell am I going to get over a 17,000 foot mountain pass? So while I'm scrubbing and doubting and scrubbing and doubting, I hear the door to the squat pot that's adjacent to the sink open up. And out comes Tom or Bill or Mark, whatever his name was. And um, I scooch over. I don't say anything. I don't even look him in the face. And he starts to rinse his hands. And I don't know if it was the commotion of my running up and down the hall, if it was the horrid scent coming from my pants. But he knew exactly what had happened. And he turned to me and gave me the best perspective that has carried with me throughout that adventure. and any to come in life, and that's, it's not your typical kind of holiday, is it? <laughs> 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 <laughs>